Sorry to kick off our discussion. Very pleased to uh, welcome to the programme, as normal on a Friday, Andrew Ferris, uh, Chief Strategist at Ecognosis Advisory. Uh, good morning, Andrew. Actually, the CEO, but it doesn't matter. I'm sorry about that. Uh, we will get it right next time. I apologise about that. Uh, and also, good morning to How's You, who is the Chief Economist at uh, GTJAI. GTJAI. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Uh, nice to have you both on the show as uh, normal. And uh, let's kick off with maybe just a, a look at how the markets have been so far this week. Um, looking back through the week, what do you think, Andrew? Has it been a, a good week, a bad week? Uh, what, what is, what's your general impression? Well, you know, actually, I like to, to put my, my Bloomberg screen a few feet away from me, squint my eyes, grit my teeth, and uh, without counting anything, look all the green bits and all the red bits. And um, yeah, the majority of them are year up, year up to date, okay, in US dollar terms. So more uh, green than red, are you saying? Yeah, more green than red, except the only reds in Asia is sort of slightly strange. We have uh, Singapore and Thailand. Uh, that they shouldn't really be on the red side. This is uh, really Nobel Prize winning stuff. But if you are asking me what was the, the week like, I will say a little bit of a yawn. <laughs> Not a lot happening, eh? <laughs> uh, how, is, is, is that similar for you? Do, you? do you feel it's been a bit of a non-eventful week? Well, I think, you know, basically, if we, if we look at the market, the most important thing for me is that, you know, the, the, the bulk yield in the, in the US, in the Europe, has been rising very quickly. Uh, that's probably the most important, you know, market event in the past week. But generally speaking, I have to say that, you know, given uh, that the market looks like they are gradually get used to this kind of, you know, up and down in the bond yield. And if you look, if you look at the stock market, actually, uh, it's not so kind of a panic uh, to the bond yield rise. So uh, basically, I think, you know, the market has gradually priced in kind of a higher for longer. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, and in the meantime, you know, we have to uh, think about kind of a long-term uh, portfolio investment or, or, or even a rebalancing issue. Uh, but, but in general, I think, you know, uh, I agree that it's not so uh, eventful week, uh, the past week. It seems it's a, a pretty uncertain time for these potential uh, interest rate rises. Uh, what do you think, How Do you think um, we're going to see some, some more? I mean, there's a general feeling like that, but it's, it does seem a bit uncertain at the moment. Well, of course, you know, basically, uh, I think, you know, uh, the surprise was actually from the U Europe at this moment, especially after yesterday's uh, CPI numbers from, the, uh, from Europe, uh, again, came in a high expected. Uh, so basically, uh, the market has to reprice in the ECB's terminal rate. Probably we are talking about 4% for now. Uh, maybe we're talking about 5.5% for the Fed. So I think, you know, uh, you know, if you look at two years ago, maybe pro probably if we think about it, the, U the interest rate will, will be 4% in the Europe and 5% in the U.S. This like crazy idea. But right now, we are really approaching that. So uh, I think, you know, this is uh, one of the biggest surprises of the market. Uh, but again, you know, given the inflation is so elevated in these economies, probably we have to accept that and uh, get used to this kind of uh, high interest rate going forward. Andrew, I think you're in London at the moment. What's the, what's the vibe in Europe uh, on interest rates, would you say? Well, the, the European vibe, well, given, given the inflation rates that we got uh, yesterday, the answer is, is, yeah, they're going to go up. But uh, this continues. If you wanted me to say something about 
specifically about the euro because the news about the deal with the Northern Ireland completely obscured everything else because that was uh, the first win also of uh, the current Prime Minister. Remember, we had four mm. in the last four days, I believe. Yes. So I'm, being <laughs> being facetious here. so this was, this was a great relief that the Tory party would not tear itself apart. Well, that I think the, one, of the previous, one of the previous Prime Ministers, Boris Johnson, was quick to take pot shots at it, though, wasn't he? But of course, because that was his plan. I mean, it would be if it was part of his way. But anyway, hang on a minute, James, I'm diverting. It seems as if I'm not replying to the question. The answer is, is yes, interest rates, as far as the, the local president are feeling, is interest rates in Europe will go up. Now, for UK itself, I, I need to see at least a couple of more months of, uh, of, of inflation uh, numbers. But uh, here, too, it looks as if they may very well follow. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's see how uh, things pan out in the next uh, in the next short while. Um, you know, let's let's look a little bit um, back to what the news we got on Wednesday that uh, China's manufacturing activity surged to its highest reading uh, reading in more than a decade in February as factories began to return to normal after COVID. The official manufacturing PMI stood at fifty two point six in February, compared with fifty point one a month earlier, and surpassed expectations. How you know what are you your feelings about that um you know is, is that going to give us some optimism for the full year ahead oh, of course i think you know the market right now is kind of looking at the six percent growth uh, in china i think you know that's probably there uh, we don't care about you know 5.5 or six percent the most important thing is that china has uh, come back and china has uh, you know uh, china has gradually uh, returned to a normal kind of uh, growth path and that the COVID will no longer the problem of uh, what is called economic growth. So I think that's the most important message delivered by these uh, PMI numbers. Uh, probably this is coming a bit kind of higher than expected, uh, even with, especially when we talk about a 10-year high or one-second high. But actually, I think there's a lot of kind of event, uh, event and the seasonal factors uh, that contributing to this kind of surprising, upside surprise. Uh, but in general, I think, you know, uh, the one thing is clear um, China has come, has come back and uh, the market is looking at 6% for China growth uh, this year. And of course, you know, the National People's Congress that is going to be uh, kick off this week will give a kind of official growth target for China. Uh, I think, you know, uh, in the past few years, when we talk about the growth target in China, actually, you know, they always miss that because of COVID. But right now, uh, we are seriously looking at looking at this kind of growth target and probably China will uh, hit or beat this, this target this year. Andrew, is that a, few, is that a view that, um, that you reflect as uh, a positivity about China? There still seems to be quite a bit of uncertainty despite these, uh, this manufacturing activity, yeah. doesn't there? Well, the first thing that, of course, I jump to see is whether we're going to have, whether that number was based on a low base, you know, 16.6%. As, for example, was the Hong Kong retail, which mm. I will return to that because I think it's mm. quite important. And that was not, actually. I can't see here something that will tell me, yeah, of course, the previous number was extremely low, so that allows you 16.6%, which is encouraging. The PMI, also, I, uh, you know, the PMI is supposed to be forward-looking, and... Uh, that, that I am happier. Normally in China it moves in a glacial pace and sort of leaping by <laughs> something like one and a half points was, was, was quite good. But please, uh, please, uh, can I say something about the Hong Kong retail price? Please do, please go ahead, <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, well, wow. Okay, uh, January 22%, yeah, but small mm. but interesting detail. 
sorry, January was 23% small, but industry detail, if we go back one year, mm. okay, the January last year number was 4%, but we had Chinese New Year combination, and the next two numbers, oh dear, we're talking about 22, was minus 14% and right. minus 15%. So I suspect the January price is based on an incredibly low effect. Bye-bye. Mm. I'm going home. Okay, that means absolutely nothing. <laughs> uh, that, that, that there, is, there is really no recovery in retail sales in Hong Kong. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a misnomer, these numbers. Um, how is, it, is that something that uh, you, you're looking at as well? Do you follow these Hong Kong retail sales? Are they of importance, would you say? Well, I think, you know, of course, if it is important. And also, I, uh, I sometimes travel, you know, between Hong Kong and Shenzhen these days. I have to say that. Uh, it's, you know, the immigration is not as crowded as before, but it's getting more and more crowded. Uh, that's my kind of uh, observation uh, in Hong Kong at the moment. And also, uh, in the meantime, we also look at uh, Hong Kong's property market, uh, because that's also important indication uh, for the economy. Uh, I have to say that it looks like, you know, the rental, the rent in Hong Kong, uh, is likely to, is likely to bottom uh, out in the next couple of quarters. And in the meantime, looks like, you know, after the kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, the reopening in China and as well as the stamp duty kind of uh, uh, favorable tax policies from the government, uh, the property market in Hong Kong is probably hitting the bottom as well. So I think, you know, uh, looks like uh, Hong Kong economy, of course, there's a, due to a low base, we are going to have some kind of good numbers this year. Uh, but, you know, the the, the flow between... Uh, China, uh, mainland China and Hong Kong has become, uh, has become more and more kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, more and more kind of popular or kind of crowded. So basically, uh, I, it looks to me that as economists, we'll, of course, we look at numbers, but also in the meantime, we have to look at, you know, activities, real activities. I think that is getting, uh, getting, uh, heating up at this moment in, in between China and Hong Kong. Andrew, the, the Hong Kong property market does seem to drive sentiment here, uh, rightly or wrongly. Uh, d- does that drive your enthusiasm for, for Hong Kong's recovery? Uh, not, not at all, actually, because uh, we are facing with more increases in American interest rates. Uh, I reflect what Howe was telling us that, uh, we, we will see a 5%. Okay, and that that is is not good news for Hong Kong. In general, the property market tends to be much more resilient, resilient than people think it is. Mm. But on the other hand, okay, it ain't going up anytime soon. Okay, that is uh, that is uh, that is pretty pretty certain given given the peg. Now, um, shares of crypto bank uh, Silvergate slumped uh, overnight after the lender warned it was delaying its annual report. You know, this obviously comes off the back of FTX and various other crypto-related things. What do we think, guys? Uh, is crypto on the edge of recovery? I know the, uh, you know, obviously Bitcoin has uh, has come back in, in price since the beginning of the year. Oh, boy. What oh do you boy, think, James, Andrew? You're, you're really waving a red cloth in front of me. I'm, I'm a determined... <laughs> declared an absolute uh, enemy of cryptos, okay? And I will not change my mind. What was absolutely amazing about the, the uh, sorry, FTX, and that reflects on what we're saying right now, is, is that this was not simply a bank unable to cover its deposits. That's, that's, that's common, that's vanilla stuff, okay? It was the company itself saying we were backing our liabilities with our assets that are backed by absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Users, uh, we're bankrupt. Hello? Can somebody tell anybody 
that they are, they are investing on, on bitcoins, they are investing on an asset which is backed by absolutely nothing. But then, you know, I've been a professor for 22 years, so I don't expect anybody to pay any attention to what this uh, whining professor is saying in the background. <laughs> well, so, let's, yes, go yes on. I'm not surprised. Look, look, if a bank goes bankrupt because it mismanages its assets and liabilities, yeah, that's, that's, that's nothing new. But if a bank goes bankrupt, bankrupt because it has bitcoins, that's no news at all. It was already bankrupt because it had no assets. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, no strong views at all from you, Andrew, and that's what we've uh, we've we've come to expect. Uh, Andrew Ferris from uh, Ecognosis uh, Advisory and Housu uh, Chief Economist at GTJAI, our guest this morning uh, on Money Talk. Thank you very much, gentlemen, for for joining us.